What up, y'all? It's DJ Drewski from Hot 97, loving hip-hop New York. The heavy hit is the movement, but it's all about in the field radio with Lady D. Yeah, my girl Aaron Boogie. They outside. We really in the field. You know the vibes. Welcome to In the Field Radio, 91.3 FM, WVKR, Poughkeepsie Independent Radio. I'm Aaron Boogie here with Miss Lady D. What's going on? And so I think we're going to start right off the bat with a moment of silence for DMX. All right, so rest in peace to DMX. That was a heavy one. Yeah, it was really sad. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I could talk about it yet. <laughs> I might be crying on the microphone. Oh. Yeah, it was bad. But um, we'll, once I can spend some time to reflect on it, I definitely want to discuss DMX and the impact he made. But in the meantime, let's talk about how we went to our first event in over a year. Oh, so exciting. Just to even get out of the house, right? Right. And do something different other than go to the grocery store. I had to break out the diamonds again. <laughs> bling, bling. But tell me it wasn't super creepy how empty Grand Central was. Yes. So we take the train. We get to Grand Central. Still no one. <laughs> and then, like, all the restaurants were closed. And what else? Even so Times Square nice was pretty empty. Were closed, right? Yes. And then we went in the bathroom. I mean, someone was still washing themselves in the bathroom, but there was definitely someone taking a bath in the sink. A whole bath. Yep. Like when we walked in, her her she was doing the coochie part. Yep. And when mm-hmm. we walked out, she was doing the booty part with it out. No, I see, see. I didn't that. even go on that side of the. Uh, no, I looked back. I don't. I don't know what possessed me to look back, but I looked back for whatever reason and saw that, and turned right back around and walked out. Oh my god, that's so. Yeah, you know, I always have a terrible in like, I always have terrible encounters in the Grand Central bathrooms. I just want everyone to know that on record. Oh, this is not the first one. This is probably the first one for me because anytime I'm in there, it's a bunch of people in there, families and stuff. Like I never. Well, this time they had it like, so not only was most of everything blocked off in grand central but even in the bathroom they only had what like four stalls open mm-hmm. that whole it, the whole thing was like weird like that but whole everyone was outside were the they though was I, outside i felt like grand uh grand central was empty i felt like Times square was pretty empty compared to how it normally is yeah i don't know i thought it was a lot of people for covid i mean i was out there remember i was out there kind of before that like a, a few months ago and it wasn't that many people it was like scattered i had seen it was late at night and it was like a bunch of people out there that's wild i think uh, that's wild i, th- I yeah. think it, i think for i think from the like regular times before times however we want to address it it was definitely a lot less packed I felt like you could walk across streets and stuff without being in like a group of people. Oh no, that's a fact. Now that, yeah. But I think people are, like you said, like people, more people are starting to come outside. People are getting comfortable. They feel like things are starting to open up a little bit and it's time to come out. I think when it's warm, they're going to be out there. Oh, I Everyone's getting a vaccine, so no one's going to care. But now, so you get the flu vaccine every year. Don't you got to do this every year or no? I had heard something about you would need a booster, but 
I'm not 100% sure. So don't quote me on that in any shape, way, or form. I'm not really up on the vaccine because I refuse to take it. Yeah, I had to go get one uh, for this assignment I was supposed to go on, but now I'm not going on the assignment. So are they still going to give you the second one? one? Yeah, the second one is supposed to make you get sick. And I was like, well, do I want that for myself? Can I just rock out? I, like uh, half of the half of the vaccine like i'll tell you what though i started questioning my life when we got so we went to the ggmg um indie gatekeeper magazine launch party and there was mad people in there with no masks on and that was the kind of the first time that i had encountered that yeah i felt like we was looking crazy but i didn't care you see where i was at yeah but I, it was a really great that was a really great event. It was really pretty in there. It was all, it was just so nice. I can 100% confirm that after seeing that, I want to do the LED lights like stars in the ceiling at the studio. I was even looking at ceiling titles. So thank you, Gem and Diamond, for making me spend money. Right. Yo, so, and this was at Quad. Well, up, Well, it's where Quad Studios is at. So it's at Quad. Yeah, but upstairs in the penthouse, they have the penthouse, penthouse studios. studios. They had the rate ceiling. Yes, um, but even that that whole room, like with the white and like the way the control panel was and stuff, it looked very futuristic. I was impressed. It's the penthouse. Someone had to come get us in the elevator to take us up there. But tell me, being in that building with those elevators, like knowing that's where like Pac got shot and stuff like that, you don't feel some kind of like hip hop hollowed ground type thing going on. Yes. And I also felt like there was no quick exits and stuff like that. Like, how do you get out? I peeped that there was a back staircase. I would have, we would have been all right. Oh, yo, because that was, I'm like, "Mm, I need to be near the exit because this is scary for me. I felt the same the same way when I was at Quad. Quad is downstairs, and uh, Quad has like a couple different studios because I think they have two floors, and some of them are studio rooms, and then one is like an event space. And so we were in the event space, and I was doing the same thing. I was like, "Okay, where's the staircase at?" Because you can't really like take the elevator either. Yeah, like you it was going to... down, and fifteen million people start, you know, stampeding. Where where are we gonna go? Well, and it's a locked elevator, so it's not like people can just, like, call the elevator and get in and go down. So here's me getting caught trying to rip the elevator open. <laughs> Yo, you definitely, I all I saw was, like, Hulk smash, and then, like, the door opened, and we were in. Yeah, and then the guy <laughs> that was operating the, the elevator, like, sees it, like, at the end. Like, we're in there. I thought that I was super stealth, and I was like, oh, you saw that whole thing? Okay, cool. Yo, that was so good. I was impressed. Thank you. But uh, so we're in the Indie Gatekeepers magazine release party. And I'm standing in the back. You know, things start going on. And who walks in but no other than 97's DJ Ruski. His cute self. And one of the one of the coolest, most down to earth people too. So cool. So he's sitting there, and I just beeline through the people, 
to him and ask him. No, I introduced myself. You know, I said hi. And I I did name drop a little bit, but only <laughs> just to break the ice. I really didn't think that it made a difference, but it's like, you know, I, I feel like it helped. Made sense. You tell somebody where you know them from. Yeah, I think um, that's that's a necessity. I don't like when people do that because then like it's cool that we're talking but I would like to at least know a little bit where I know you from yeah so you know I was just like um you know congratulations your album's about to come out and uh you know my husband has two tracks on there motif alumni he was like oh super excited and then I asked him so when are you ready to do a real interview no shade to the breakfast club who had just interviewed him the day before. No, all shade to the breakfast club their competition all the shade so yeah y'all yeah. miracle whip we helmets so he was like right now and i was like right now because i'm ready and i had my little mics in my purse the little clip ones and uh we did it we went into a back room that was a little quieter and it sounds really great i have it for y'all here today. So we got a double header interview for you guys. Which is exciting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was exciting. It was great. And then at the end of the interview, Drewski saved me from a road trip. I was just gonna say he saved your life. Yeah. You're in my brain. Um, it's Legit funny safe. that it was a roach like a roach trying to get me and then Drewski saved me and I was like is this like a representation of my life you know because I be calling people roaches oh that's true wasn't that cute it's like Maybe everything just about comes it full much. circle yeah it was a full it's funny because you hear that I mean I didn't leave that in there for y'all to hear but I'll let you hear e-boogie Oh, you can like hear the it? The roach appears. Yeah, it's like in the audio. Oh, my God. You should have left it in. That should be how we intro the show from now on. Oh, my God. Yes. Good idea. Soundbite. <laughs> that could be how we introduce the roach of the week. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we got that. We got Tony local legend i felt oh. like that interview was so long overdue and it's not anybody's fault or anything like that because sometimes like the list of people that we want to interview and the list of people that are trying to get interviewed do not match in any way and um so i, I was really excited to catch him before he bounces on to the next thing yeah and you know a lot of people like during the covid like people who you know, do music and things like that and weren't able to do music how they are used to doing it. Actually being out there, like not people who just, what do I call them? Sandbox rappers or something like that. Like people that just be inside rapping, like don't ever perform, don't ever work with anybody else or anything. So it was really tough. Like, I feel like a lot of artists were feeling inadequate. We're feeling like they weren't doing anything. We're feeling like, why am I going to get interviewed? What am I going to say? And try to avoid it. 
I think I, I don't know for you personally, but I feel like COVID kind of did make it a little bit more difficult to you have to like dig deeper with the questions when you're interviewing an artist because it's not the usual like okay well where are you performing next or you have to kind of avoid those like live performance questions other than like you know how are you feeling without the live performances like that type of thing so I think that COVID kind of made it a little bit more difficult you have to get more creative with questions and they have to get more creative with answers because it's not just the same you're not able to regurgitate the same questions Mm -hmm. So, and I think he was really surprised, like, when I asked about that song he was commissioned to do, and he's like, it's a year and a half ago, but a year and a half ago was the last time we were outside. So, to me, that's relevant. That was the last thing you were able to do. It's really the lost year. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess that's another way people can look at it if anybody's in that boat and is feeling like that, things that typically happen and they're irrelevant the next month later, two months later or something like that. I mean, you got a whole lot of leeway with anything that you did uh, December, 2019, you know, January, 2020 or anything like that. Cause that was the last thing. Facts. So, don't be discouraged. All right, well, let's get into, we're going to drop the Drewski interview, get into some music, and then come back with Tony E, and then some more music, and then we'll be back. What up, y'all? It's DJ Drewski. We are in the field, back at it. I'm here. We had the GGMG Indie Gatekeepers magazine release party. Thank you for talking with us. Thank you. So it's really exciting to talk to you because you've been a really huge part of indie music. Like, right. you're putting your name on the line. Yeah, and I feel like that's really important as a DJ. Like that was your original purpose, mm-hmm. and, and it's crazy that this called indie gatekeepers because that's really making a statement. Right, and I and I have to agree with you as a DJ. I do feel like it's important for for us to be ahead of the wave, to be the ones to introduce people to new music, and just to use our platforms to break new records and new artists. I don't think we should wait to get to a million streams on Spotify to say, oh, the artist is hot. It's like. If you know someone that is out there working hard, that makes good music, it's our job to like expose that and show that. So you don't feel like that's risky to you? Uh, yeah, as a DJ, that you know, in certain positions, it's risky, right? Because people, you know, assume oh, you're on the radio or you're doing the big nightclubs, that you're only allowed to play the hot stuff, the the top billboard 100 records. And it's like, yeah, we could do that too, but we can also show love to new artists and new records. Um, so there is a risk to it, but I think that's what makes it fun, and I feel like that's part of the job description. So talk about your new album coming out on uh, Friday. So yeah, I've been cooking up with a lot of the the younger hot artists. Um, I do have records with A Boogie and Trap Manny on it, Chef G, Sleepy Hollow, even female records with Dream Doll, Molly Brazy, Ruby Rose. We work with a bunch of talented producers like Motif and Hitmaker, who's on who's on the, the tape. But a lot a lot of talented producers and artists are on it. And I think people are gonna be surprised to hear certain artists working together, like the first time you hear Corey LeRae and Sada Baby or designer and Malibu Mitch on the same record. So I just want to bring some excitement to the music and and put people together that you probably wouldn't even think would work together. That's really interesting because a lot of these new artists, they're getting destroyed. 
mm. on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Corey LeRae, <laughs> she's not good. Her dad is this and that. Right. And I would have never thought she had a record with Sada Baby. So do you mm -hmm. think that you was able to elevate? Right. That, that was one of the goals to bring people that like together. But as you can see, I was working with Corey LeRae, say, one year ago. Today, she has one of the biggest hit records out, right? So it's like we already can foresee that. We, I seen that she was going to be the next superstar female in hip-hop. And look, today, as we speak, she has a hit record with Lil Durk. She has a song out with Pooh Shiesty. They're both on the Billboard Top 100. So it's like we already seen her potential. And I think that's what makes it special and different about us and other people. It's like, yo, we're not working with you when you get hot. We already know you're going to get hot. Mm. And, and we want to show the same love and respect before that and I think that that's important to talk about too because there's a couple of artists that are on on this project that you know maybe a year ago or two years ago weren't the hottest artists and and today they're putting up numbers I feel like you you feel like you're trying to change the climate of music from being a, a faddish thing to right. You know, yeah. we can invest in people. Like it's okay. We don't have to yeah, try to get viral and then. No, I, it's definitely okay, and you can see the influence because the harder I go, I start seeing new people building enough confidence, especially DJs, to kind of jump in that lane too. They see like you know, I, I don't know if I inspire them or make them feel comfortable doing it, but I'm starting to see more DJs jump in the indie lane, support indie artists. So I, I look at it like, well, I'm, I'm doing my job, you know, whether it comes to the DJs, whether it comes to the artists, we're, we're just inspiring people to work and put out music and keep the culture moving forward. The culture, that's really important. My dad was actually a DJ. And wow, mentioned pops. something like that where people are just pressing buttons or not. Right, 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 right. Respecting the craft or what have you. Do you feel like you have respected the craft and that maybe more people should do that and that you are influencing that? Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. But I also know that I came up under certain people that helped build this hip-hop thing, right? Like, I work at the radio station where legends, like, Funkmaster Flex and Mr. C and DJ Enough and my mentor Cypher Sounds, you know, came up and, and I'm cut from that cloth. So for me, I've learned through them. Mm -hmm. Now you got a new generation of kids that really don't have mentors or don't even want mentors. They just feel like I could buy a laptop and I could be a DJ, I can buy a microphone, I could be an artist. So you, you see that, but I just hope for some of the new generation of artists and DJs, they just do a little more history, a little more research before they exactly. you know, go from nothing to Instagram superstars. Mm -hmm. Wow, I hope you can facilitate that for them. And I, I really feel like that's what I see happening. Right. So I appreciate you. Thank you for sitting down Thank you for us. having me. Yo. We in the field, you know the vibes. Welcome back to In The Field Radio. I'm Aaron Boogie here with Miss Lady D. What's going on? We got the young legend, Tony E in the building. Yes, sir. Thank you for taking the time to sit with us. Yeah, you already know. Thank you for having me. Of course. I feel like this is long overdue. It is. Definitely is. I know, right? <laughs> but here we are. Oh, that's yeah, all that matters. Mm -hmm. So you're about to leave us. Mm -hmm. How long are you here for? Like another month. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. Like Where are you going? I'm going to L.A. You know L.A. is like on fire, right? Like California's on fire. Sorry. Usually. I had to the few. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, wait, so, okay, your name is Tony E. Shandy. Mm-hmm. That's your real name? Mm-hmm. Like on your birth certificate? Uh, pretty much. What's the last four your social? 
Just tell us the whole social. <laughs> nah, you get credit. <laughs> I gotta get credit. Oh, oh good. I'll borrow that. No, let's start from the beginning. For those that might not be aware of who you are, who is Tony E? Uh, who is Tony E? Tony is just an artist of all sorts. You know, a lot of people know me for music, though. But um, but realistically, I'm just an artist. Like, I make clothes. I design anything from like paintings to like like I said clothes I produce engineer I just an artist just an all-around creative yeah pretty much I've seen you at some gigs that are not typical mm-hmm. I'll say for like hip-hop artists and really? stuff. how is that yeah it was like one in the city it looked like uh somebody was having a business event or something and then you were performing and I was like well, how did that happen oh I wonder which one you talking about. Are you talking about like a hotel? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we did. Now nah, we got we got like commissioned to do like a song for them. That was like a year and a half ago. But yeah, we got commissioned to do a song for them and then I had to they wanted me to uh perform it for all like the execs at like their meeting and it was paying me, so I was like, "All right. Wow. You know, That's, that's pretty cool. fire." Yeah, it was cool, but but I just like performing, so like I'm down to do whatever. But it sucks with Corona. Obviously. I was just gonna say you must be struggling with the pandemic. Yeah, it sucks. During the pandemic, what have you been doing to stay busy? Making music, making some clothes, like designing, playing video games, and skateboarding. Skateboarding. Mm-hmm. That's oh, so dangerous. you'll fit in when you're. I was skating today. Yeah. In California. Yeah, I, I'm fitting just fine. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what part of LA you're going to yet? I'm trying to go to the Valley. I had an Airbnb, but. The person that was renting it out just canceled on me last second, so I gotta figure oh, out something no. else. Yeah, but I'll figure it out. Listen, shout them out so they can get canceled. Yeah, I'm gonna curse them out. The Airbnb, <laughs> you have the Airbnb address. <laughs> we do that here. So, what are you gonna be doing out in LA? Just networking. I got a couple people out there that I want to tap in with. And same thing I was doing here. To be honest, I just feel like me as a person, I need like a different different scenery like this is it's like, just time yeah it's just another this is another chapter to my life a lot of people ask me like oh am i moving there i'm like i don't know like you know i might go out there for three months and be like eh, this ain't for me i'll go to atlanta and then maybe i'll come back here you know, I don't know. yeah just bounce around mm-hmm. see what fits it's a small world after all <laughs> so talk about once upon a time you shared the stage with the late great mac miller oh yeah that was back i was younger than that. i was like 17 and uh, my boy Nick Harrison, he was, like, working for The Chance. And he was just helping me, like, get on shows. So that was one of them. We was doing sound check for, for the show. The dude didn't want to let me do sound check. And Mac Miller and his DJ came out and started yelling at the at the uh, the dude. Like, nah, he got to let him do his sound check. So that's a, that's a cool memory. Yeah, that's a really cool story. Yeah. Especially because a lot of people talk about, you know, opening up for artists and stuff like that, but they don't necessarily get to interact with them, especially at that stage in their career. Yeah, no, nah, Mac Mac was cool, and his DJ was really cool, too. Even after the show, like, we kicked it for a little while. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. And so you've previously been on Power 105, MTV, BET, and Revolt. Yeah. Talk about those experiences. It's always cool seeing yourself on TV. I mean, the first time was kind of, like, surreal, and then it, it happened, like, six seven times now so it's just it's it's just cool you know just seeing yourself on national television like seeing people tag you on their tv like that is just cool my favorite one though was hot 97 when i spit the freestyle that it was fun as hell hearing myself on hot 97 that was that was like for me because when i was younger i used to lie to my little brother i used to be like yeah they play my music on hot 97 all the time and my dad found out 
And he yelled at me. He's like, don't be lying to your brother like that, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> swear to God, that's a true story. <laughs> now it's <That's> true. <laughs> it's tormenting you, little brother. <laughs> the freestyle on Hot 97, were you nervous? That's a lot of pressure. I was a little nervous. Yeah, I was a little nervous, but... Maybe we could get you to freestyle a little bit on here for us. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. Wait, so do you <laughs> memorize the freestyle? Because now I'm in the community. Yeah, uh, Deb's actually the first one to freestyle on our show. Oh, really? But, I mean, I had to have my phone out because I didn't want to mess it up. I feel like I had it memorized. I just was not going to take that chance. Yeah. It was live. Yeah, so I mean. So, like, do you typically? I usually just, most of the time, memorize it. Sometimes if I'm, like, feeling good, I just flow off of what I already got. Most of the like time. Like, just off the top? Sometimes. I told myself I couldn't be a rapper because I couldn't just come up with everything just like right, the spot? right then and there. Only when I'm, like, extremely drunk. So but maybe you just need to get extremely drunk every time you rap. Several shots of tequila and you'll be the best rapper alive. Maybe. No. I'll be on E! True Hollywood Story. <laughs> or you just <laughs> need writers. You just need writers. Oh, no. So a let's talk about that idea. debate then. Because I saw earlier something where people ask the definition of a freestyle, whether it's just off the top or if it's something that's written ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So what's your opinion on that? And then also we'll we'll spin that into the writing thing. Because that's become a lot more prevalent and a lot more accepted in hip-hop. Yeah, well, I think like a freestyle, I mean, I, I, get, I understand that like back in the day, like a freestyle was off of the top of the head, like strictly. I understand that like. But was it, or was that just our perception of it? I know, I right? Know. Maybe. I feel bamboozled by a lot of <laughs> yeah. things. And I was yeah. like, maybe they just memorized it. Yeah, that's maybe. how I feel, because, like, battle rap, I mean, that's what it was. I mean, unless you're, like, in the schoolyard, like, with your friends. But even that, a lot of people would spit, like, lines that they had previously worked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Probably I, a combination. I never, like I, like I said, like, sometimes if I'm going off of what I already have, maybe I'll keep it going for a little while. But, like, freestyling off of the top of the head was never really my thing. I understand people's, like, view on, like, like, to be honest, it's normally, like, the older people who, like, oh, that wasn't a freestyle if it has freestyle in the title. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, I think as time went by, like, the definition of freestyle kind of changed, and now it's just, like... It evolved like hip-hop did. Yeah. Same thing, I think, with writers, too. Mm-hmm. And you know what's crazy, too, is that people, people always said... You know, in hip hop, you had to like write your own rhymes or what, but a lot of people didn't write their own rhymes at yeah. all, yeah, or got help from other people. And that's just like, you know, you're having a creative session with somebody and they contribute something now mm-hmm. they're a writer, it doesn't mean they wrote the whole thing for you, yeah. Facts. I mean, have you worked with writers? Uh, I've written songs for people. I was gonna ask, I was like, okay, you yeah, he's writing, or I've never, uh, I mean, I guess you could say like being in, in the studio and just having people around and just like everybody's collaborating on like you yeah, know, a creative session, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, in that sense, yeah, I've worked with writers, but actually, hold on, yeah, I've worked with, with Gino, Cadence. But they didn't oh, really write Cadence. my, yeah, they didn't really, Cadence. yeah, they didn't really, my, they didn't write my stuff. Right. I've collabed with Cadence. I have a song that's gonna come out with her soon. And then Gino, same thing. We like we collabed. I write most of my. Would you be able to classify yourself into like a genre? I mean, I don't want to, but I, I guess you could call it hip hop. If you could go into any other genre, <laughs> like if they were like no more hip hop, period, mm. what would you go do? Please don't say country. Nah, it won't be country. Maybe I get like a rock band. A rock band? Yeah, do like alternative rock. You could join the people like, across the hall. Like the 1975s. I don't know if y'all ever heard of yeah. them. Yeah. I love them. They're like my favorite band. 
What artists have influenced you? Um, so when I was younger, it, it depends what part of my what part of my life. But like when I was younger, like when I was really young, like six six years old type. Uh, Fabulous was a big one. Bow Wow, um, Fifty Cent. Like growing up, um, my dad used to play Big Pun a lot. Uh, Biggie. That was when I was really young. Um, and then as I got older, Lupe Fiasco, Kanye West, Charles Hamilton, Tyler the Creator, Travis Scott. The list goes on. Wale, like you know, I I'm like a sponge. Like I I taking inspiration from everything like even non-musical stuff it might be a nice day outside and i just like want to write a song based off of like how i'm feeling because of the weather who are you listening to now i've been listening to a lot of Lil dirk i always listen to the 1975s like i just love their music uh kanye west I, i'm always listening to travis scott uh, let me look through my uh there's an artist called pyrex artist called no cap um i've been listening to asap rocky playboy cardi baby keem i'm just scrolling through my I right recently now. listened to yeah pooh shiesty there's a lot of artists he's having a big moment yeah i like him a lot yeah i like his music a lot he makes me feel violent he makes <laughs> me feel violent too you put him on and want to rob people that's what happened i know the beat that i used was like a poo shiesty type beat uh-huh. and i was there when it was being made and then all of a sudden these words and things started <laughs> popping in my head and it was all bad it was like people got robbed then they got <laughs> killed then we sold their kids on the black market Wait, i was like what? what is going on yeah it was a lot going on yeah so i had to redo the whole verse so you should have kept it <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, the cops are going to come through here if I spit this. Like child trafficking. Yeah, like, who says that? <laughs> out in so. the middle yeah, of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, that was when you lost me, when with the black market. It and we were out in the middle of nowhere. Like, I could definitely see them busting in the door. Like, <laughs> like, huh? like where's the children? <laughs> <laughs> what is something that you wish the Hudson Valley offered more of in support of artists? I had to think about that. Let me think. I had a similar question my boy was interviewing me yesterday. Um, no Ooh. edit. No edit. You know, no edit from Beacon. He be doing like some IG live. He asked me to get on there. He asked me a very similar question. He asked me, um, how do you think Beacon could have supported you more when you were growing up? I told him like the one thing that kind of messed me up was when we was younger, I was trying to do parties on Main Street in Beacon and Beacon kind of wasn't like they would do anything in their power to like make it not happen like one time i had a halloween party on main street at like the studio there used to be a studio on main street i don't know if you know the upstairs was like a live room the performance space yeah i was throwing a i threw my album release party it went good but afterwards it like spilled out into main street kind of Mm. a little it was a little crazy but and you have that hip-hop connotation that people like kind of so what happened was about to throw the halloween party there and the cops went to the establishment and like told the owners that like there was going to be gang members and if they throw the if they throw the party that like they'll charge them for a bunch of citations in the building and this and that so it kind of made me miss out on money exposure and just like you know good time i guess but i don't know like specifically what the hudson valley could offer to artists more i don't really dwell on that too much to be honest yeah no as you shouldn't but because the hudson valley is so close to new york city Mm -hmm. people feel like they still have to go to the city Mm -hmm. in order to get on or leave and go to la or Mm -hmm. leave and go to atlanta and i know that that's like common not just the hudson valley specifically it's common everywhere yeah but if there was something that you could think of there was a lot of times when we was going to the city like a lot of times when i was performing a lot it was mostly in the city I mean, we used to do shows at, like, The Chance, but that was really, like, the only place. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the loft when we were like come like long, long time ago. But yeah. Maybe more places to perform, even though Corona's right now. So bad. Yeah. So bad. All right. Who's your favorite producer to collab with? Loso, cause like that's like, like my brother. Like I've known him since like eighth grade. Over the years, like we just helped each other. Like you know, I've watched him become a better producer. And uh, yeah, I mean, like everybody that I usually work with, him, Shout Rich, out. Diz, Semi. Yeah, those are those are like the go-to's for sure. Loso is with us in the studio right now, y'all. <laughs> I've heard of this man. I've never met him. <laughs> well, especially it's different now that you see it, right? You're like, okay, this isn't that bad. <laughs> All right, if you could collab with anybody dead or alive, who would it be? Kanye West. I'm just a huge Kanye fan, so like, I would love to just get on a, on a, on a Kanye beat with like a crazy sample, like I just like Devil in a New Dress. Like if he did some shit like that for me, and then, um, especially with like with the outro when Rick Ross comes on, mm. it's just so beautiful. It makes me want to cry every time. All right, so what are some goals you have for yourself this year? Drop two albums. I want to, like, drop up. Because I've been dropping, like, merch. Like, hoodies, hats, socks. But, like, individually dropping them. Like, I want to drop, like, a line of, like, detailed clothing. So I want to step into that a little bit. Just record as much music as possible. And then, like, on a whole nother tip, like, just be able to go out to L.A. and just, like, live comfortably. You know, like how I live here, like live out there and just, you know. And then, you know, everything else. Like, I want to be super successful. I would love to have a song on Billboard. Grammys. Yeah, one day. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to be like, one day, or back in the day, we got to interview him. I'm so excited for that. (laughs) I try to keep as much content as possible. I was like, I'm going to get on somebody's (laughs) VH1 story. (laughs) Like, I'm on there. Like the true Hollywood story, yeah. Or somebody's biopic too. What's that? Like a, like a biopic, like the Tupac movie. That one was terrible. Oh, okay. Selena movie, all those, all those movies. Then they did what? New edition. Yeah. Like an actual movie or like a documentary? Actual it's, movie. It's like a movie. Oh, okay. Not. It's a called a, what is it? A biographical. A biopic. Yeah. Picture or something like that is like yeah. the full term. I hope I get one of those one day. Yeah. Yeah. We expect nothing less. You gotta start keeping footage. Well, there's probably a bunch of people that got footage. I wonder who would play me. Oh, that's a good question. Who would you want to play you in a biopic? Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that before. No. He'll be too old by the time it comes out. I don't even know. See that? Like, I don't know who the kid actors are nowadays. Me either. Super out of touch with. I want to play myself. Yeah, do that. As I get older, though, they're just going to have to get more crazy you with the makeup You have to get somebody that doesn't look like him in any way, shape, or fashion. Uh, <laughs> like no, that lifetime would be like style. a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, who's the dude that does uh, Black Panther? Yeah. Oh, he's... Uh, What's his name? Dead? Oh, no, no, not him. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Deb, no. I was like, who's going to tell him? <laughs> 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 oh, Michael B. Jordan. He's going to play me. Yo, yeah. I'm here for this. <laughs> <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, if you're listening, we got the next role for you. <laughs> for Women's History Month, we're asking everybody that comes on the show, who's a woman that had a significant impact on your life? My grandma. Definitely my grandma. Because, like, growing up, my mom wasn't really in the picture. My father was very young. So, like, at that point, 
I was gonna have like a very like confusing upbringing basically if my mom didn't if my grandma didn't step up to the plate and like kind of take me in ever since you know I was young she raised me so she's definitely number one in my book like I'm a mama's boy a grandmama's Grandma, boy grandma's, grandma's boy, boy. <laughs> oh that's a good movie too I'm not, him, yeah, I'm not I'm him not, though. Yeah, I'm not him. I'm not him though. That's so deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm gonna go home and watch that movie. All right, what can we expect next from Tony E? We got a video, a uh, video that's about to come out, but it's like a short film, so it's like that's awesome. pretty fire. Yeah, it's on some like different. After that, we got another video, Poncho the album, finally. Which What's I've that? Been... You went, you dropped the last album last year, right? Yeah, yeah September. So yeah. Yeah, in September. We were going to drop Poncho like this around this time last year, but then Corona you got in the back. way. Yeah, we pushed it back because like Poncho the album, it's like it's an experience. Like there's a lot of aspects to it. You started dropping than, the merch for it. Yeah, uh Right? You had Well, like, yeah, I just kind of named my merch Poncho. Okay. It's not really the merch for okay. the album, but I just run it with the name Poncho. But yeah, like I was saying, it's like a whole experience. Like it's not just musical. Like it's like a, there's a story to it, like a in detail story to it. It's narrated by Dope Coley, who did like oh, a okay. phenomenal job. Like he did like a phenomenal job. Like when y'all hear it, y'all going, it's different. He's so, so good. I can't, at that. I can't wait we to gotta drop sit that. down with that guy. Yeah, he for is real. So yeah, good. yeah, I'm I like, do. what be going on in people? I was just with him. <laughs> so shout out to your socials let everybody know where they can find you where they can find your music uh on my socials are tony chandy so that's t-o-n-y-e-c-h-a-n-d-y you can find all my music on any platform apple music spotify amazon whatever else there is because there's like a million of them now uh youtube you just look up tony e and it'll all pop up all right well thank you for sitting <laughs> down with us Yes, sir. And we're Thank about you for to get me. into some music. What Hopefully music? by you. <laughs> <laughs> music. <laughs> and we'll be back. Welcome back to In the Field Radio. I'm Erin Boogie here with Miss Lady D. What's going on? Super thank you to Drewski, to Jem for having us down to the event, and for Tony E for sitting down with us. And you have something controversial to discuss before we get on out of here. I do. Because you know, I feel really strongly about food, you know? Like, I just went to Maine to eat seafood, pretty much. So, I'm on Twitter, minding my business, and I see this video, and someone is taking, well, Koi Larray. Is that her name, Koi or Cory? Koi. Koi fish? Like, Koi fish. Koi, koi like koi fish, but spelled with a C instead of a K. Okay. Koi Luray was taking pan out of the oven and, you know, sliced it with a little spatula and it's holding it up and it looks like a mush. I don't know what it is. And it's steaming hot. And then I go in the comments and apparently it was banana pudding. Like, like your banana pudding with the wafers and stuff out of the oven. I have so many questions surrounding this. I'm not a huge banana fan. Like, I don't eat bananas, but I do mess with banana pudding sometimes. I but have you even, like, put it Look, in... Look, Harlem is upset about this. Super upset. He loves people food. Yeah. But like, I just don't understand... Banana under- pudding? Grr. I just don't understand. Like, how does it even, like... 
Because that's not like the point of pudding is like you put it in the fridge and that's how it gets like uh, harder, like more of you know what I mean? Like that's how it like comes together. So what do you what do you do with it in the oven? Well, I mean, through I, I had to investigate this too, honey. So in the comments, I saw that down south somewhere, even though a lot of down south people were also opposed to this because they were like, where the heck down south are you guys doing this? So somewhere down south. They make the pudding from scratch, and apparently the pudding from scratch got to be hot or something or in an oven. I don't know. I think it's like bread pudding or something crazy. I have no idea, but it's a thing, and then either they let it cool off or some people try to eat it hot anyway because they don't want to wait, was typically what I saw, but it could start from the oven and then end up getting refrigerated. Okay, so like there is a recipe for it hot. I'm not sure. If anybody knows, let us know. Yeah, please. And also let us know if you eat your banana pudding cold or hot. Yeah, everyone was really stressed out because it was like, you're going to be in the bathroom. Like hot bananas? You know what? I'm going to post it to our Instagram and ask people how they feel about it. Yeah, let let us know. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, we're yeah. we're gonna don't get out of here. Don't do your banana pudding like that. That's how <laughs> yeah. we're in the show. <laughs> Facts. But uh, we're gonna get out of here. Make sure you hit us up on all our socials in the field radio, in the field radio.com, info at in the field radio.com. Are we anywhere else? We're on Spotify. Oh yeah, that's right. Hit us up on wherever you stream podcasts. Everywhere. And we'll catch y'all next week. Thanks for chilling with those chicks on Mondays. In the Field Radio, 91.3 FM, WVKR, Poughkeepsie Independent Radio.